be compelled. To be compelled. We've talked about this, that what it means is to be, in, in different translations, different words are used. It can be, mean con, to be constrained, to be moved, to be pressed on, to be wrapped around. Uh, to be overmastered is what it, it means to be compelled. And the scripture that we have used for the foundation is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 to 15, where it says, if we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God, If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So through this series, we've been focusing on, on being compelled, being constrained, being, being pressed on. Uh, as Ben had shared, it, it, it can even mean like, like as, a, as, as cattle are led into a cattle chute. It narrows down so that this is the one direction they can go. That's what we desire for God's love to do for us. That he overwhelms us in such a way that we go the path that he has for us. That, that we're not forced, but we're overwhelmed by his love in such a way that we go in the direction that he is leading us to go. So throughout this, what we've been talking about is that, again, it's not, the focus isn't compelled. The focus is God's love that compels us. And while it's been in the subtitle, we're going to move that to the, to the forefront and for a focus for today, that it's Christ's love that compels us. It's his love that moves us on, that constrains us, that overmasters us. So, you know, as we've been looking and, and, and hearing and um, receiving of the, of the ministries from these missionaries. I don't know about you, but like I'm inspired. It's like their faith stirs something in me. But we can also be disheartened because we can wonder, but, but like God, like I'm here. They're there. Like, like sometimes we can be disheartened because like am I really fulfilling what God would have me to do? And what we want to do as we look at today is want you to find a peace and want you to find a challenge in where you are and what God has for you today right here and right now, because we're not supposed to imitate the life of somebody. In Hebrews 13, it says that we imitate the faith of those leaders that, that, that through their living are showing us how to follow Jesus. So we imitate the faith, but how that faith looks in your life is unique. It's specific to you, to God's calling and his equipping in your life. So the verse that, that we're, two verses that we're going to be looking at today is from Ephesians chapter 5. It says this, it says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ love us, loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And as we look at this, we're going to be looking at how Christ's love compels us. The first thing that we're going to be looking at is this, is to see God's love. To see God's love. Do we believe that God is love? Do we believe that God loves? I believe that most of us would in agreement say yes. And yet, we need to behold his love. We need to see both with our natural eyes and with our spiritual eyes his love. And as we've said, this, the cross being front and center on the stage today is purposeful because this is a way that we can see God's love manifested so clearly. In fact, it's, it is, this is how we know what love is, that Christ gave his life for us. That just shows us what true love really is. But we need to, again, see, we need to embrace uh, God's love. So as we've received communion, again, it's, it's a way that we look to God and his provision. We see God's love. God's love 
for us today is plentiful, it's abundant. And what happens is that we can look at a cross and we're looking back to 2,000 years ago uh, to uh, Christ sacrificed. Again, it's a finished work. It's never, there's nothing else that needs to be done. We are provided for completely. And yet we can look at this and we can see a static, uh, an inanimate object. But what I want to, want to do is give you another picture today of uh, something that I think it can be a representation of God's love. Now with every illustration, there are limitations. But I want you to, as we look at this, what I'm going to be doing is showing you a video of Niagara Falls. Now, I remember back to uh, my preteen years, many years ago, <laughs> um, when we visited the falls. And I remember standing by the falls and, and literally almost from the same angle that this video is going to be shot. And I remember like, like thinking, like, I could take the biggest rock I could possibly lift, I could throw it in there, and it would be gone. It would be swept away. I was overwhelmed with the power of the falls. I was overwhelmed with the abundance, the provision of the falls. Now, so what we're going to do, we're going to be looking at this video. Um, and uh, so two um, viewer warnings. One, if you've drank, if you already drank like three or four cups of coffee this morning and you listen and watch water flow a lot, it might stir something in you. So if... If you feel prompted to go to the restroom, you're more than welcome to be excused, but come back quickly. Um, the other thing is that some of you, the sound's gonna be here, and some of you, you sleep to this. So I'm just gonna say, be careful. Don't, okay, it's a 12-hour video. Um, <laughs> it really was, and then we trimmed it down, so we're not watching all 12 hours. Um, but, but, it's, um, but, but it is, it's, it's something that can be soothing. Don't let it put you to sleep because we want you to capture something in this. Because what I want you to do is see the, the, the Niagara Falls, the, the power, the abundance, the flow of this water as a representation of God's love. Can, you, can we do that? So, does, do you understand what, what the goal is? So, so okay, we're going to watch this video together. And again, allow it to overwhelm you and allow it to overwhelm you as you relate this to God's love. Okay. So where I was standing was probably kind of the lower left of the screen. And when I look at the video, you can see the flow, but I want you to think about the power of that, the power of that water. I mean, it's just, it, literally, it carries whatever is placed in it. But again, look at the abundance of the flow. Look at the, the steadiness of the flow. Look at the volume of the flow. Now, can you put yourself in this picture, this video, that this is God's love being poured out for you? The power, the volume, the strength, the consistency, the abundance, his love for you.
praise God for his love. Now that picture, because when I'm thinking, literally I was just praying for us that as we watch that, that we would connect this to God's love. And yet, as I was looking at it, it's like, okay, but God's love is for the whole world. Is that enough? And as I said, this is a small representation of God's love. It's a powerful representation, but it's a small representation that his love is flowing abundant, full, and free. It's sufficient. And if, again, if you put yourself in that picture, I hope that you understand the volume of God's love, the power of God's love that is for you. Can you see his love? Can you see it? His love is perfect. Because in 1 John chapter 4, it's twice, it's very clearly stated that God is love. It doesn't just say that he is loving. He is a loving God. That's part of his characteristics. But yet it's part of his character. It's his makeup that God is love. And it says again that this is how, and just before that, in 1 John, it says this is how we know what love is. That Jesus gave his life for us. He died on the cross. This is how we know what love is. This is the definition of love. This is God revealing himself. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, again, we can look at, at the description of love. And this is defining, the, describing who God is in his character and his manifestation of love. We need to see God's love. Now, the thing is, though, is that we use this word in such varied ways. And I know we've uh, shared this before. We've talked about this before. But um, think about some of the ways we use the word love. It's like, we love our families, and we love a good steak. We love our dog, and we love ice cream. We love our car, our house, our TV, our, our friends, uh, and, you know, we love Thai food. You know, I mean, this is so varied, and we declare we love God, and we love s'mores. Really, I mean, this is, and I'm, as I'm not condemning our use of the word, but yet I want to bring attention that, that we can, that this word love can be so um, minimized because we use it so broadly. And it means different things. But God defines what love is, that he is love by his very nature, by his very character. But if you'll notice that um, some of the things that I described, I, I kept coming back to food. I did that intentionally. Because so many times we define love by our appetites, by what satisfies us. When God, who is love, defines love by, by giving, by being other-centered, by focused on what's good for others. And within our culture, it's, it's so common for us to even embrace an idea that says love is love, but yet you need to understand that, that man can define love in so many ways, but God is love. He is the definition of love by his very being, by his existence, by seeing what he does and how he acts. That is true love. And to see God's love is what we must do. It's the foundation of a relationship with him, it's seeing his love. And see, from the very beginning, God, God in his love created mankind. In fact, it, it, it amazes me that before he brought man into creation, he knew that man was going to fall. And it says that before the foundation of the earth, that Jesus was slain, that it was determined before he created us that he would give his life for us. That is love. 
And in love, he set boundaries in the garden. And he said, don't eat of this tree, for if when you eat of it, you'll, sh- you'll surely die. But man, what happened? What did man do? Man d- did what, he, what we do. He followed his ap- appetites. He said, this looks good. I bet it tastes good. I'm going to go beyond what God said in love. And I'm going to act on my love. And man ate of the fruit. And in love, God removed them from the garden. Because had they eaten from the tree of life, they would have lived in that condition forever. But God in his love is speaking. He sets boundaries. He gives definitions. And it is all for our good. So can you see God's love? Can you see it where you are? Can you see God's love around you? I don't know. Uh, for me, like as I've been preparing this message and God's speaking, been speaking this to my heart, I'm literally, I'm wearing new glasses where I see God's love in ways and in places in greater measure and deeper than I did before. You know, the fact, and I I often live with this realization, but the fact that you and I are breathing, we're here, is is an expression of God's love because God is giving us life and breath and everything else. As as, uh, Paul said in Acts chapter 17, he gives us the very breath that we breathe. He sustains our life by, by his power. This, these are expressions of God's love. And you know what? He's not doing it so he can get something back. In fact, whether or not we give anything back to him or not, he continues to give. I can curse God with the breath that he's given me. I can deny his existence even though it's because of him that I exist. That that's, it's the love of God. It's the way he pours himself out constantly. Uh, you know, I just looked out this morning early and, and I saw the sunrise and it was like, thank you, God, you just gave that painting out of your love. And like three minutes later, it looks completely different. It's another painting. That in his love, he is constantly expressing himself. He's reaching out to us, to us. But so many times it's hard for us to understand God's love. And it's because we can get focused on circumstances and situations of life and it's hard to reconcile because like one of the things that I don't know about you, I know that I've asked this question, I've heard this said many times, and it's a, it's a question that begins this way, how could a loving God, and finish that, how could a loving God allow this to happen? How could a loving God, and we even give, give God credit for doing things that he's not doing. Do you realize that? Now he is God overall, he allows things to happen. But the thing is, is that so many times we can, we can uh, question God's love where the thing, the, the importance of this is that we need to see God's love. We need to look to him. Hebrews 12.2 says that we look to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We focus our eyes on him. And as we see his love, we see him, it gives us a different perspective of, of our circumstances. It helps us to look, look to life, look at life through different glasses. But we need to see his love. We need to fix our eyes on his love. We need to, again, just reach out and, and say, God, show me your love. And so many times, I'm telling you, he brings us back to the cross. You want to see my love? Here, look. This is how we know God's love. We know what love is. So add to this the abundance, the power of his love. See God's love. Brendan Manning is a man who has been used, who was used by God in, the, in past years to minister to many people. Ragamuffin is a, uh, the story of how he came alongside of a man who was struggling. Uh, but Brendan Manning has a, uh, something that I've heard uh, different times where he um, very clearly and um, consistently makes this statement. And I've heard this, um, uh, I just listened again to one of the, the videos um, 
of him, and, and I'm just going to quote a portion of it. Brendan Manning says this, in the 48 years since I was first ambushed by Jesus, I want to read that again. In the 48 years since I was first ambushed by Jesus, I am now utterly convinced that on Judgment Day, the Lord Jesus will ask one question and only one question. Did you believe that I loved you, that I desired you, that I waited for you day after day, that I longed to hear the sound of your voice? The real believers will respond and say, I believed in your love and I tried to shape my life as a response to it. Now, scripturally, does, does the Bible say that that is the question that God's going to ask, ask on, on Judgment Day? No. But yet I understand what he's saying is that this is the most important thing in our lives. When we stand before God, will we, will we be able to look back and say, I realized your love for me. I saw your love for me. And I tried to shape my life around your love. So the thing is, is that seeing God's love is absolutely essential, but it's not enough. Seeing is not enough. We're going to look back at our verse in Ephesians 5. It says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. As dearly loved children. This is talking about a familial relationship. A child with a parent, an interactive. And this is it. We, we do need to see God's love. That's the start. It's the foundation. It's core. It's central. It's necessary. And we need to receive God's love. We need to receive God's love. This creates a reciprocal relationship that when he's pouring out, the Niagara Falls is coming. His love is being poured out, but yet it's our choice whether or not to receive or to resist, to embrace or to ignore God's love. Now, God will still love you if you fail to receive, but you will not have a relationship with him until you do. God will still be offering the benefits of relationship with, with God through Christ. But until you receive, you will not experience those benefits. So what I'm going to do is um, provide an example or an illustration. Again, in every illustration, there are limitations. Um, but I want us to look at a sponge. And um, the sponge, as you can tell, is it's a dry sponge. Um, but a sponge isn't really met, meant to stay dry, right? It's meant for something. It's meant to absorb, right? So we take this sponge. We've been talking about Niagara Falls. And since we didn't have Niagara Falls, I have a gallon of water here. Um, and we pour the water onto the sponge. So again, it's a dry sponge. Now, you can see a little bit of what's happening from your seats. But there is some that's being absorbed. But there's because it's a dry sponge, you guys have experienced this. There's water that just runs over it, right? It runs down the side. It's not being absorbed. So what's happening is that I'll show you the top is that some is being absorbed, some is being received in, but much is being poured around, okay? But this is, the, this is so similar to our lives in that God's love, I'm not just gonna dump the whole gallon here, but, but God's love is being poured out, but yet it's often hitting us it's right there, it's right in front of us, it's right around us, it's over, above, around, and yet we can receive just a small portion. Do we have capacity to receive more? And the answer is yes, right? So, so what happens is if, 
if we keep putting that sponge under that flow, there's more and more saturation. And it is running onto my notes, just as it did first service. So I do slur a lot the second part of the message because I can't read my you know, I can't read my notes. But um, but it is that water is, is literally saturating the sponge. It's becoming heavy. It's becoming dense. But it's receiving more and more of the water, as is the floor. Um, but see, this is, this is an illustration, again, of what we're called to do. We're called to receive the love of God. I can see it, but yet my response needs to be receiving because as I receive it, it becomes part of me right? It's not just external. It's not just being touched. You know, and there's a lot of times and God's so patient with us where he's touching us. He's pouring out his love and most of it's running off and God says, it's okay. Niagara Falls is coming. It's still, it's still, there's still the power. There's still that consistency. There's still that flow. But God is calling us to receive it, to receive his love. So how do we, how do we receive God's love? Um, the simplest and hardest thing to do is to just open up, right? It's to surrender and trust and say, God, okay, from what I see in you, I believe that I think that you're trustworthy. I think that you really love. I'm going to open up the crack of my heart, a crack of my heart just a little bit. And we do this little test thing. Okay, God, see what you can do with this. And God's faithfully says, okay, I'm going to keep pouring out. I'm going to keep pouring out. And, and it really is just putting ourselves in this place where we, we step in trust in response to his love. And we surrender and we say, God, okay, now, okay, we did the first experiment, let's try again, okay? And we give a little bit more of ourselves. And literally surrender is the door, the opening that, that allows us to receive the love of God. And it's growing. It's something that, again, we, we have in measure. And then we're called to receive even, even more. But the thing is, is that, that we need to remember that, that, that as sponges, okay, if we can relate to ourselves as, as, as the sponge, we've been purchased. We're not owned by ourselves. You, you know what I mean? Like, like we once belonged to ourselves just by definition, by where, where we, we were born in sin, we were locked into us. But through Jesus Christ, we have been bought with a price. And to recognize that, that I'm, I don't belong to me, I belong to him. As I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, as I've acknowledged that his death on the cross was for my sin, I've accepted his forgiveness. I, I'm giving ownership over. I'm saying, okay, God, now you pour your love on me and I'm going to accept it because I'm yours. I belong to you. And that's what the, this process of growing in receiving happens as we, as we, again, just continue to open our lives. We trust, we acknowledge ownership, we give it to him, and we allow him to 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 pour through us. And Paul prayed this amazing, amazing prayer for the Ephesians in chapter three where he talks about the love of God. And his desire was that the Ephesians would be flooded more and more with the love of God. He said, he said I pray for you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of, of God. 
that his prayer is that we would, whatever we've experienced, that we would experience more because there's more of God to, to come. There's more flow, there's more power, there's more abundance, there's more covering, there's more saturation. And Paul's prayer is like that you would know what goes beyond knowledge. And this is something perpetually in our lives that as much as we've known the love of God, as much as we can be overwhelmed by the love of God, as much as we can possess having absorbed and received the love of God, there's more. More. Infinitely more. That's why Niagara Falls is not sufficient in showing us the extent of God's love because his love goes beyond what we can comprehend. And this intimate relationship comes as we again trust him, as we come to know him, as we have this interactive relationship. It's not just his love being poured out, but I'm receiving it, and it's a reciprocation. That, he, that you know, Jesus said in John 17, 3, that this is eternal life, that they may know you, that they may know you, the, the Father God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So how do, we, how do we, again, how do we receive? How do we receive the love of God? You know, we're doing it right now And as we look at the word of God, we can experience and receive the love of God as we take in the word. And this is something that's so simple and so basic, and yet yet there's so much more available. Like the word of God is living. And so many times, you know, as followers of Christ or those that are pursuing a relationship with God, we know we should read the Bible, right? You know, and sometimes we can say, okay, I've got to at least get my time in. I need to do the chapter. I need to do a few chapters today. And, and there's so many times that I know that, that I can even, I can do it almost as a sense of responsibility or, yeah, this is the right thing I should do. It is and we should. But can I tell you how different it is when I open up that book and I realize that this is God's love letter to me. You know, as, as we, again, share in the word today that we see that this is God's love letter, his expression of his love to you and to me. And we receive and we say, God, I want to see your love. And as I'm reading, I'm saying, God, I want to, I'm, I'm receiving your love as I receive your word into my life. And then add into that, you know, something that we've done multiple times in the service today, but it's prayer. Like, like to receive that love of God, to have conversation. Now here's the thing is that so many times, and, and you know, I'm not sure why we do this, but so many times we, we can look at prayer And we think it's about us talking to God. And that's part of prayer. But prayer is having conversation. And so many times prayers are like this message. Me talking to you or with you, but me not pausing for you to talk back. So many times our prayers are us telling God the issue and informing him of things he already knows and then giving him direction on what he should do about it. Just honest, this is like, I've caught myself so many times. But God, how do I receive his love? I listen when I'm praying. I pause and say, God, you know the situation. You know my heart, show me your heart. You know my desire, God, show me your desire. And we couple that with a word and we can see how God then is speaking to us and how he is telling us his heart for the situation, his heart for us, his heart for the world. So allow that prayer to be conversation. And here, I'm going to tell you a really, really, really risky thing, but it's essential. In order to receive the love of God, you need to be in relationship with people that love God and know him and walk with him. That relationship is so important because God provides his love. He shows his love. You guys, I I know, like I said, I know I'm doing all the talking here, but like you guys are communicating because I'm sensing the love of God through you. I really do, as you absorb the word of God, as you are responsive, 
but, but the thing is, is that, that we need to be in community with people. Now, here's the thing, is if I take the risk of receiving the love of God through the community, the body of Christ, will they do it perfectly? It's okay to say no. You're one of the people that won't do it perfectly. I'm one of the people who won't do it perfectly. Will we, again, in community, will we, will we experience the perfect love of God? No. But we can find beauty in the brokenness. When we realize that I'm a faulty person living with other faulty people in a fallen world, and in the midst of that, we have a faithful God, and we walk in that faithful God realization, there's incredible beauty that can come out of it. So will you experience hurt in relationships with other Christ followers? Guaranteed. As Pastor Jeff has often said, if you haven't you know, been dis, you know, disappointed at grace, stay. You will be at some point. Because we're broken. We're not perfect. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be things that their expectations are unmet. So there will be disappointments. But I'll tell you what else there will be. There will be the opportunity for us to see how God works through all those things to grow us all. We'll see how God calls us through those very struggles to receive his love in greater ways to be shaped more into the image of Christ. We were created to be family, the family of God. And that's one of the huge ways that we, we grow in receiving his love. And there are so many ways as far as ministries that, 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 that countless uh, here on the hill at the, the Dream Center, you know, we announced the, the Band of Brothers, that opportunity, but there's Women of Grace, there's Awaken, there's The Grove, there's, you know, and I hesitate to start mentioning because I can't cover everything. There's Life Recovery, there's Prayer, there's all these ministries, and, and being part of those helps us to receive. So is it about doing? The focus is not doing, it's being, but as we're, as we're doing life together, we're learning how to be more recipients of his love. We're learning how to be more saturated. And freedom in Christ is one of the uh, things that, that, again, has become newer, new, it's been newer to grace, but we really believe as, as leaders that this is a foundational, um, foundation, foundational in our discipleship, disciple-making process. And freedom, freedom in Christ, we're actually going to be starting shortly another series giving you opportunity for more people to be involved. But it helps so much because it helps deal with our identity, like who we are in Christ. It helps us to see where we've been believing lies and God wants to replace those lies with truth. It helps us to receive more of his love as we walk through that journey together of freedom in Christ. So these are, these are ways, but again, it, the, the issue fundamentally is this. Receiving his love is surrendering, submitting to him, uh, allowing to yourself to just be with him. And then finally, when we look at Ephesians uh, chapter 5, the first two verses, it says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. And again, the example given is Christ, that he is the model. But walk in the way of love, and this is the third point, we see God's love, we receive God's love, and we live God's love. It's just that simple. We live his love. We allow his love to flow through us. So we're going to go back to the sponge. And... It's seeped out some now, so it's drier on top. But I want you to look again. I, again, don't have Niagara Falls, but um, we're going to like really do a good pour here. It's already been wet, so it's absorbing a lot quicker now, and like literally just filling up. Like it's it's pretty saturated. But you see what's happening is like I can even just pour in the middle. What's happening? It's so saturated that it's it's just leaking through, right? It's not a surprise to anybody. But let me show you another way 
to get that water out, what's coming in for it to go out. Okay. Most of the water that was in there is now out of it. Here's the thing. Is that living God's love is allowing his love that has come into us to flow through us and to go out from us. If you saw initially, I didn't even have to squeeze. The more I allow God's love to come into me, the more I receive, it just naturally comes out. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to try it. It just happens as you allow the flow of God. Put it under Niagara Falls, okay? I mean, this is literally, this is what we can do with our lives is allow ourselves to see the love of God, to receive the love of God in such a way that we live the life of God that his love just literally seeps out of us. Now, the reason that I can squeeze now, there's only a few drops come out, is because I squeezed harder over there. And can I tell you in our lives, don't like this, when things squeeze us, whatever's in comes out. And when the troubles, the trials, the challenges of life squeeze us, when the love of God has saturated us, the love of God will come out. And there's testimony after testimony after testimony in these chairs here right now of how you've gone through things. And the love of God poured out from your life in ways that shocked you but blessed others. But it's because of receiving the love of God. So this speaks to a couple things. One, it says that you're not meant to just hold all this. Right? God loves you and it's for your good. But if you just, if you're holding it to yourself, you're missing the natural, the supernatural thing that God wants to do in your life. He wants to flow through it. Here's another thing is that there's an ongoing flow that's needed. As I said, it's pretty dry right now, but there's more water, right? Niagara Falls of, of God's love. We need to be refilled over and over and over again. If we're gonna impact others, if we're going to reach out to them and, and desire that they experience the love of God, I need to keep under the flow of God's love. There's plenty available. I need to be under it. I need to be seeing his love, receiving his love, and then that living his love is a natural flow. In the ocean, a sponge actually has water flow through it. As it flows through it, it's receiving oxygen, it's receiving food as the water's flowing through it, and it's dispelling of the waste. But the more, and the same thing happens with us as followers of Jesus Christ, that we have our very life's blood as we are receiving the love of God, as we're allowing it to flow through us, as we are simply being. And this is natural. We just live God's love. And living God's love, again, it goes out in missions. Christ's love compels us, and that causes us to be missional because we want to share God's love wherever we are. Now, one of the things that as we were preparing the I was encouraged to share this. Um, we've done, a, we, we've again been focusing on missions. And so many times with missions, we can be caught up in the where. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, where matters. But like for me personally, I've been a Christ follower for almost my entire life. I've served him. I've desired to receive his love, to share his love. I've never been on a foreign missions trip. 
as I say that, I'm not saying that in pride. I just I want to share with you that, that in my journey, I don't believe that God's led me in that. Now, I've been open. I've prayed. And it's a possibility that he's called and I haven't responded. But here's what I've learned. I love the people of York County. I love the people in, in my community. And wherever I am, I want to be pouring out his love. And that, may, that the desire to be available may lead me still overseas at sometimes. I don't know. But here's what I know, that whatever God wants to do with my life, I want him to do it. And I've been challenged by a prayer one of our brothers that has shared in this series. I've heard him pray it multiple times. I won't get it word for word, but basically here's what he said. He says, Lord, the answer is yes. Wherever, whenever, whatever, the answer is yes. And that's surrender. It's saying, God, I trust you that I'm, whatever you say, I'm gonna say yes. Wherever you call, I'll say yes. Whatever, whenever, whatever, the answer is yes. That's what God's desiring, that we would experience his love in such a way that it compels us to follow him. So many times I think that the task of missions can feel overwhelming. It's a lot to do. There's a lot of people to be reached. But here's the thing, be overwhelmed with the love of God so much that he is just flowing through you. And the, the, that great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, flows into love your neighbor as yourself and the great commission of go into all the world. It's all about love, God's love. And in that, these simple things, simply to see God's love, to see it, to receive God's love and to live God's love. God, thank you that you are love. God, we thank you that you love us with a love that goes beyond our comprehension. God, you are so good. And God, you don't love us because we deserve it. God, you just love us because you are love. We thank you that you've created us to know your love, to see your love, to embrace your love. You've created us not just with a capacity, but Lord, you've placed this desire in us, Lord, that we would, that we would know you. God, that we would um, take you into our lives. Uh, so Lord, we uh, say again, thank you. Thank you for demonst the demonstration of love that we see in the cross. Thank you, God, for your love that's being poured out constantly. Thank you, God, that, that we can see more and more and more how great your love is. And God, in response, we just want to say, here we are. We receive your love. God, we desire to live your love. God, have your way in and through each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, I would invite you to stand as we close in final worship song.